This is for the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is for the players, the pop culture as PlayStation podcast over 40 years of playing PlayStation and six plus years in that games media combined. I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Spotify and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to be part of future conversations, please check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, Twitter, all the links in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures where you can watch this, watch us record this show live. You can also contribute to the conversation in that chat. It's awesome, good fun. If you want to support the show, you can. You can go to your podcast service of choice, give us a five-star rating, written review, all that. And if you're watching us on the YouTube, you can like, subscribe, leave a comment. We'd love to chat to you there as well. You can also support us financially at patreon.com slash thepopcultures, uh, as well as uh, our merchandise store, popcultures.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. Kind of brain farted halfway even through that second one. That's right. Take two, everyone. I just kind of got, a little, got real fuzzy in the back end there. How are you, dude? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah? Yeah. How's, how's the things? Apparently, you're, you're pretty knackered right now. Pretty, pretty tired. Yeah. yeah. Had pretty rough rough night with the with the kid last night. Mm-hmm. She she woke up a few times and then at about one thirty this morning she just she just woke up screaming, couldn't hating settle life. her, hating life. So I pulled her out and then she came and slept with us. And then, you know, kids don't just sleep. They kick and she turn and punch in the face and scratch the blankets and Well so my kid's three and a half now. And like, cause we had the same thing. So he had really sick one time, he was teething at the same time, We're like, all right, whatever, just get in the bed. And then left yet. <laughs> yeah, so this is the this is the first time she slept in our bed about three months, mm. and she's already been kicked out again. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, we tried. Good. It's just that he just was a butthole, and it was just one of those things like he wouldn't for like yeah. two weeks. We're like, all right, it's, this is we're gonna die if we don't. Do well, we're this. we're about to do the big transition to the her her big bed in her own room. <gasps> so no longer in the bassinet next to us. She'll be oh, she'll be in her cot, cot in her own bed. Oh. Well, the original plan was to do it last night, but she was in a foul mood, so we're like, let's just not do it. Let's tonight. just wait on that one. So, yeah, so we'll see how we go. Mm. We'll get there. Kids are fun. Kids are fun. Yeah. I've had a garbage week. Yeah. You wanna- All right, everyone, you're about to learn <laughs> a lot about me really, really Oh, I know. What, okay, I know what's going on here. So- I have a fissure. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. Uh, for those who don't know, a fissure is a small cut in the inner lining of your butt. And where sitting, standing, laying, doing any movement just hurts. And it is a result of like my beautiful and ever so lovely IBS that I love to have. Because just sometimes it goes one way and it's really easy to poops. Sometimes it goes the other way and it's really hard to poops. And uh, apparently it's been really hard poops. And uh, it like damaged my butt, so it has been horrendously painful. Like I'm talking debilitatingly painful. So I was, I had, I had, I went to work on Monday as I do because I my work, yeah. and I and I couldn't sit, couldn't stand. I was like dying. I'm lying on my back, just dead, straight up dead. My boss like, what's going on with you? I'm like, oh my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then I had to make that I had to call my doctor and be like, he's like, hey, you know, like, cool, how can I help you, dude? And I'm like, 
my butthole hurts. <laughs> and so I was going this conversation and went, wow, my bum hurts. Uh, and then, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then it turns out, yeah, I've got like a fissure and it sucks. And even sitting right now, it sucks. Like, it's just horrid. So how come you don't have like a hemorrhoid donut to sit on to alleviate the pressure because on, just hurt. Like, on it, the it, anus? It don't matter. It don't matter. <laughs> however I sit, however I lay, it just sucks. Like lying in bed just sucks. And like, it's a rough life. When it's a rough sucks. life, man. No matter what I'm doing, it hurts in the anus. So what's the recovery period for a- Oh, like four to six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> or until the, until the body decides to like- a, a re- repair itself can you not can you not go and purchase like a numbing cream to like just that's what i've got now squirt up the bung yeah, that's pre- <laughs> <laughs> for lack of a better re- for lack of a better application that's pretty much what i gotta do and like yeah that's that's the only way i can manage <laughs> this is the weird Australian right playstation that is true this is a weird strain playstation tour like because this is you come for us and this is what's going on and and for that reason it's been very hard to play games this week <laughs> but like one thing we have played which is the main topic of the show we played iron man vr i've been trying to play that and that involves a lot of standing and squatting and moving and it's just tearing it up it's it was a it was a bold strategy cotton and i um it's a rough it, it's rough times yeah. it's rough times to be me fair enough yeah other than that everything's pretty good oh but additionally on a good note though uh ryan get less fat update i have now crossed the 18 kilo mark that happened over the week thank you very much nice. so close to that big old 20 and i don't know what i'm gonna do on i don't know what the goal is gonna be 20 i got no idea yeah the dash is the dash is correctly in the chat square cross triangle and the big broken circle it says brown i circle. changed it because brown sounds gross <laughs> it's broken it's broken circle <laughs> but yeah so You're 18 broken. kilos i'm very happy with that uh yeah it's like it's it's like i think i've got out of that little plateau that i had a couple of weeks ago and i think i'm really progressing again which i'm very very happy with hopefully i'll be even thinner again in a couple nice. of weeks how about you? Are you still pushing that life? I am a pants size down, Yay! but apparently not a t-shirt size down, oh. which is bumming me it out a little bit. It just comes down to where you hold, just, your, where is, you hold your weights. It's bumming me down a little bit. Yeah. And it, it's, I'm, I'm in this awkward position too where all, all my t-shirts are the same size. Mm-hmm. Half of them fit me real good and half of them are a little bit too tight at the moment. I'm just like- why are you doing this to me? I hate that. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think I'm talking about this, because uh, this has kind of happened over the last couple of weeks, is like I've, I've transitioned into mm-hmm. the next size down. I think I'm two sizes down now overall. Yeah. Because um, I was kind of like, well, I used to always wear bigger shirts anyway. So now I can just go and buy shirts off shelves. Like this, I saw it at EB Games. I'm like, yeah, I'll buy that. Like previously, that wasn't an option, but now it is. So now I get to, you know, shamelessly wear shirts again, which is very, very cool. It's very nice. Except your butt hurts. That's like the biggest. Some butt hurts. That, that's probably the biggest. So at some point, I may have to stand up just to alleviate some ass pain <laughs> while we do the show. <laughs> like, like you may not have noticed, like you know how I repositioned earlier, and I'm kind of creaning forward. That's why, because I'm I'm using my the, my thighs as my le- as my anchor point to, to not to hurt the tuckus. <laughs> All right, let's get into the next part. This is the section we call Inform the Players. We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. Max, what happened? Let's kick some stuff off. Let's go with uh, Sony are currently in biddings for a new developer. Hey! According to Bloomberg, Sony is considering a bid for Hong Kong-based holding company. Lay- what? A bid? They're considering a bid? A bid. Damn. Bid for Hong Kong-based holding, com- uh, Hong Kong-based holding company Layu Technologies. Uh, Layu Technologies owns Warframe developer Digital Extremes also has the Brink creator Splash Damage as one of its many subsidiaries. 
lots of multiplayer focused devs one would argue lacking in playstation very much so very much so first party titles so tencent is also currently in bids for uh Leiu and has made a 1.23 billion dollar bid for it jesus quote sony is hoping that it can edge out other bidders with greater certainty of financing bloomberg sources explained Leiu's controlling shareholder uh aims to choose a buyer and sign an agreement as soon as this month the people have said talks are still ongoing and no final decision has been made other bidders could still emerge but this is exciting news because most of you know most of playstation's first party triple a big games are all solo single player story based narrative games yeah which i do think is certainly sony's bread and butter and i think not that that's, a, that's, ba- that's, that's yeah, not a good thing not that that's a bad thing but variety is also good yeah but that, that's very true variety is what what makes them stronger but when you look at the, com- the competition like your xboxes they don't have any of it mm. it's just kind of sweet and by bringing in a new developer they're not taking away any of the developers that work at their, their like you said their bread and butter is their you know solo mm. single player games they're not making them you know move away from that to focus on a multiplayer title i they're, guess the, i guess it bringing depends. someone in to work on it specifically it depends what they want to work on like is this in order to get warframe because like warframe's already out and it's on I mean, everything warframe's huge so it's not gonna like come in and make a playstation exclusive or anything they can't do that it's kind of like too late for that but you know like what would they work on because if they're if, if they're picking up this company and this company has a bunch of sub- subsidi- subsidiaries that are already working on multiplayer games or like or supporting sort of games like warframe or those sort of uh, uh what are they called games as a service games as a service games then like well what are they going to work on that's new or are you just buying them because they have that as a as a money in rather than like a a future plan because there's long been discussion around like maybe they should bring like socom back so they can like mm-hmm. you know try get in that sort of rainbow six siege-esque market you know there's a bunch of different things they could do to sort of hit multiplayer because even though i do agree and they do have um they do have like a the not even a niche anymore just like the third person action adventure single player narrative thing mm. down like if we have a look at my sh- the shelf behind us we've got you know one two three four at least five different big PlayStation games that are just exactly that description. Yeah. So it it would it would greatly benefit them to have um that in the fold, but I would personally rather them put the money in to say Bluepoint. If oh, they're yeah. gonna, because think about because one point whatever bajillion dollars is quite a substantial amount of money and seeing as insomniac was picked up for just under 300 million dollars i understand why there'd be a lot of money on these guys because they're not just insomniac they're not just one team mm. they're a company that owns a number of teams so you have to obviously pay off whatever all that uh, yeah. cumulative teams work but I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't put that on my list of priorities if I was PlayStation. But then again, is that it's hitting a market they don't have and Bluepoint, although remakes are awesome, may not be a long a good like it, it's certainly a good long term investment as they I mean all of mo- like you said most of these games are games as a service that they're going to have a constant income mm. whereas a a remastering studio is you buy that game once and that's generally what you're going to make from it until yeah, they do but the next one like there is such a there is <clears> such a unique and impressive skill set with it at Bluepoint and from the games that oh, they've I, been able to I, release I agree so 
and then like as we move into the next generation their 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 knowledge base their skill the skill is more important now than it ever was before mm. about the idea of them bringing you know like ps2 games into ps5 or ps3 games into ps5 and that's you know we're getting two three generations gone from them and there's there are games that are stuck on those consoles that i think would be would be more beneficial to be on to be on this current generation like mm. if you look at you like some metal gear or your demon souls which is you know was gone until now um you know metal gear is one of the other rumored games that we're working on uh, but i would be i'd love a, oh God, a metal gear i just absolutely just piss my pants <clears throat> good item if, if this is in fact true but i think they'll be fighting they'll be fighting a tough fight to, to outbid tencent very desk with China money. Yeah, well, and uh, like Reverend Puck was in the chat, if Tencent gets that, Warframe is going to be an insane microtransaction game. It already is yeah. at the moment, but it'll become more egregious, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Uh, sticking with Sony developers, Sony's new first-party team based in San Diego is expected to be working on the Uncharted franchise. Uh, yeah, so, the, so, so this- Sony San Diego already exists. They are the team that make uh, MLB The Show, but pre, there's been a lot of like a lot of hirings in the last year or so, two years, and they're looking as if they've got two teams over there now, rather yeah. than just doing baseball. They're also doing some other stuff. So their most recent recruit, uh, Naughty Dog environment artist Zach Oliver. Zach, uh, Zach's most recent work was The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, Zach's transition to the Visual Arts Studio group last month, presumably having finished his work on Last of Us Two. Uh, he'll serve as a senior environment artist on an unannounced project which many expect to be some kind of Uncharted sequel or spin-off. Uh, so this has been in the remill for, for a while. Quite some time. Yeah. yeah. How, how are you g- with a Uncharted game that isn't Naughty Dog? Because even, even the Lost Legacy was still handled by Naughty Dog. Does that like how are you with it not being Nathan Drake? How are you with it not being? Well, see, I think I the think they finished crew? their story so nicely <clears throat> that a <clears throat> spin-off is their only option. Like it can't be Uncharted Five. Correct. It's got it that because that story has been finished. So it wouldn't be too bad if a new team took it, I guess, because it's not a a true uncharted mm. game so to speak it is like it's a it's a weird line because i love nathan drake i love elena i love sally i think them mm. them as a group is amazing and then you get all the secondary characters you know like his brother and chloe and nadine and like mm-hmm. all, you know when we saw the three of them in the lost legacy and i love the lost legacy i thought it was great I thought it was mm. a great way to expand on the world that had already and the universe of uncharted outside of drake well semi outside drake um but I do wonder where where they go from here. Are we going to get more like side stories? Are we going to you know? I mean, they could. They could. You know, they could. Uh, we could. We could be playing as Sully back when he was a youngster. That'd be pretty cool. That's we could. True. We could learn Sully's story. Yeah, so that would, that would be an interesting way to go like, about I'm it. Sure, or- I'm sure there's definitely stories that they could tell. I mean, I don't. Not to spoil Uncharted Four, but you know, there is Uncharted Four Five. What are we up to? This is four. Four. Yeah. Yeah. So not to not to spoil Uncharted Four, but there's definitely someone that could be. Yeah, like the way that could, game could ends. Could play as a pro tag for. There is a setup there for a for a, a new venture. Mm. Do you see him going down that route? I could. Mm. It's reasonable. Mm. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, this is all speculation and rumor, but it does sound like they've got some really good talent coming into it yeah man and it's cool to have san diego do something else other than baseball it's not even even though i effing love mlb the show um it is cool they're able to stretch their wings and do something else mm. 
Well, on the back of your bringing up baseball, let's talk about another sports game that made some uh, ah, made some waves this week. Sports. Earlier this week, we got some details on NBA 2K21. The big details being that its standard pricing will raise from $60, 60 USD to $69.99 USD. Uh, coming from research from IDG Consulting and GamesIndustry.biz, game pricing has been relatively static since 2005, despite developing costs increasing between 200 to 300%. Quote, the last time that next-gen launch software price went up was in 2005 and 2006, when it went from $49.99 US to $59.99 US at the start of the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 generation. During that time, the cost and prices in other affiliated verticals have gone up. Uh, Asaki pointed out that in the same time, cable prices have increased 105% and cinema tickets have gone up 39%. He continued, even with the increase to $69.99 USD for a next-gen game, that price increase from 2005 to 2020 next-gen is only up 17%, far lower than the other comparisons. What do you reckon? Makes sense. So, obviously, in Australia, our, our games are generally priced at... <clears throat> 79 yeah so the rrp here in australia is 109.95 mm. uh so it looks it looks me going to 120 i presume yep. um if not like yeah remember then but even then due to the competitive nature uh of the retail business most things drop sort of bounce out about 99 uh for retail yep. but then you'll get you know like the likes of jb pushing them for 69 you know, on on day of release, it used to be forty nine, but then that's bumped up as the as as the cost in order yep. to create physical games has gone up, and with the exchange rate being a bit garbage. So, if anything, that means our the lowest that we would pay in a competitive retail physical retail would probably be like seventy nine eighty nine, mm. which is like it's a we we will still get it under a hundred bucks, but like they only are, the like companies are only like EB and JB are only doing that because they need to. Yeah. Um. What? Yeah. It's. I'm not surprised. I, I don't I don't see games as being immune to inf- in inflation. I think it's important for them to be able to make up that money. Well, I mean, only only if this increase helps reduce the number of microtransactions, which I don't believe it will. And I think that's the biggest hurdle, especially with 2K and NBA 2K20 as an example. They're one of the most like lottery gam- gamble microfill transaction games that have come out but, in the but, last couple of years. But it's currently free on PlayStation Plus. <laughs> Yeah, because they know you. Because they're like, it's so open to spending a thousand bajillion dollars in it. Yeah. Like it was four bucks last week. Look, it what may, changes. I mean, it makes sense that that um, developers and publishers are upping the price because, mm. I mean, it has development costs have probably raised quite a significant amount. Mm. I mean, you look at games from ten years ago to what they are now. That you know they're taking longer to make more man hour, uh, bigger teams. Like it just makes sense to. So this goes. So this goes on uh, on a discussion that Sean Layden had over the last two weeks Mm. uh, with I forget who it was with, where he talked about how game length is a problem, and and that and that stems from like the development cost. Like when we're trying to make big sixty-hour games, and they need to have this level of fidelity, this level of whatever. Like that's cost, and then we're not charging any more for the game at at the entry point. This is unmanageable. This is unsustainable. Mm. and I think that sort of goes hand in hand. Like, if yeah, if the price goes up, like, are we going to we see less bang for our, quote unquote less bang for our buck? Mm. Now, mind you, as an older player, a fifteen-hour game is mint. Like, that's I, what I want. As a father, yeah. a fifteen-hour game is. <laughs> <laughs> like, but don't get me wrong. Here's CD 
CDPR kicking down the door saying, hold my beer, here's a 120-hour Cyberpunk game. Yeah, you, you know how much that makes me not want to play it? Oh, I'm so keen. <laughs> Every time that I, I hear a game's like, ooh, you know, there's hundreds of hours. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Come on. Like, even even Last of Us. Like, I loved it. And it's like, uh, this game's going to be about 25, 30 hours. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Thank you for I got it under 25. I much appreciate it. But... Like, I just don't have time, man. Yeah. Like, I understand that, you know, there are many younger gamers out there, but the average age of the gamer is going up, right? And presumably, those people have jobs and families and responsibilities. responsibilities <laughs> and we can't commit to that many games. And with so many games that are wanting, you know, that are going for the games as a service model, there, there's, there's even less time for those that want to play something that isn't like like Fortnite or, you know, Division or Rocket League or, I don't know, whatever, Valorant, whatever other game is mm. sort of biding for your time and fighting for your time. Yeah. Um, there is, there, I think there is certainly a place. Like, if you, if you as a developer believe that your game should be 30 hours long, who the fuck are we to say? Right? I'm in no way... Hell yeah, you, you do you. But then when I played Assassin's Creed... And it's just full of fluff and absolutely wasting and not disrespecting my time. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, fair enough. Get I mean, out. it's valid. No, like, oh, but you could pay your way to get more. Time. Like, no, no. But uh, you know, of course, I didn't pay for the game, so thank you, Ubisoft. But <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, so where do you sit? On the price? I, I mean... The, is that correlation? Like that I said, that, that pricing makes sense to me. I mean, a $10 increase over what is essentially 15 years. Mm. Which is weird because I remember playing paying 100 bucks for games back in the day. Yeah. I, rem- I remember buying a brand new copy of Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation 1 for $120 from Game Traders. Back oh, in the game day. Joke. That's, that's how long ago that yeah. was. Like, I remember that was a buying, PlayStation 1 game. I, re- I remember paying 90 bucks. I think that was the most expensive game I've ever bought. For Resident Evil 4 on PS2. Mm. I, f- I think it was about 90 bucks. But I mean, like, like, you, like you brought up, you know, our, our RRP is $109.99 when it comes in. But because everyone in this day and age price matches and everyone's out to get your business... I don't think I've paid over $64, $69 for a game in a very long time. Yeah. So, like, originally you could get for, like, 50 bucks. Remember when 50 bucks was, like, the base price? But that's because the, the cost was different. But now, the last I heard, the uh, the cost price of getting a game in is $63. Mm. So, right now, they're getting 6 bucks a game as a company. Like, yeah. whether that be JB or whatever. You know, but thankfully, JB can, you know, sell, like, TVs and ca- and, yeah. and overpriced HDMI cables in order to, <laughs> to make up the difference. So, they're, they're able to fight that fight. Yeah, see, they probably make uh, most of their profits, especially in the games industry, is probably insignificant to, compared to what they're doing mm. in their, like, electronic retail, like yeah. their fridges, their TVs. But if you start... Con- like the, for them, it's the idea of you, you know, this is standard business, right? Like, you, if you connect your gaming with them while you're there, you'll buy a game, you might buy a DVD. You might buy a CD. Yeah. You might buy this. You know, like when you go to get need a new TV, you're like, well, I bought my console from there. Or I bought games from there. I trust them. I'll go there. Yeah. You know, so it is, it's all about building that groundwork. Like, it, yes, they don't make a lot of money now, but in the long run, they probably will. Um, 
so yeah, I don't like I don't see we as the Australian consumer suddenly forking out 120 bucks because there'll always be someone willing to fight for that price. But that comes down to uh, that digital edition. If it does pop up, you know, when it does pop up, yeah, whether yeah. you jump on it because it what- will be interesting to see what the digital pricing <clears throat> structure will be. Because can you pull it up for me? Pull up the PlayStation Australia store. I've lost my mouse. Because um, I just want to check something. I do want to check, say, the price of The Last of Us Part Two. Because, like, in my head, it's ninety nine ninety five. Ah, uh, that's exactly what it is. So exactly what it is. Pretty sure. So even then, it's actually less than than what we think it is. Yeah. So standard edition ninety nine ninety five, deluxe for one hundred fourteen ninety five. Oh well, that's interesting. Because, like, yeah, the one, as far as I knew, one oh nine was our retail price. Mm. So even then, so they took t- they've taken ten bucks off it. So pull up at EB Games. Sorry, as we do research mid-show here, I just want, I just want to double-check something. You've done me dirty here. Okay, cool. I'm, uh, yep. ninety nine ninety five. Interesting. Very interesting. Huh. Well, there was a while there where everything was 109, right? Yes. Ah, right, cool. I didn't look, I thought I may have had some Mandela effect there and made that shit up maybe but who knows i'm pretty sure you they used to have 109.95 stickers on them and then i don't think anyone ever paid that price well, the, well yeah only dumb, <laughs> dumb people that didn't price match but well that that kind of proves the point right there like australia as a games purchasing community the price we aren't even paying what we're supposed to be <laughs> classic aussies trying to get <laughs> yeah all right moving on moving on crisis remasters in crisis is it yeah crisis remastered was due to officially reveal earlier this week however things got changed due to a leak revealing a trailer and some screenshots the fans were not too happy with what they saw uh coming from the game's official twitter page they have given a statement confirming the postponement of both the reveal trailer and the game itself no new date has been set it's pretty bad when your trailer has to be delayed <laughs> yeah so um the trailer got leaked People looked at it and went, no, this looks like garbage, guys, come on. And now everything's getting shut down. Well, I think the bi- I think the biggest hurdle here is Crisis has been a benchmark for so long in the PC space that if it doesn't maintain that level of uh, high, fidelity. high fidelity, then it's instantly not living up to expectations. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't be the bar for so long and then be like, yeah, I'm not going to put my- yeah. It's different being the bar for PC and then trying to make it look good on a console, though. Mm. See, but I don't give two shits about Crisis, personally. I also don't give two shits about Crisis, either. <laughs> so, like, whatever happens, I'm like, oh, whatever. Yeah. It's just interesting that, once again, the internet are yelling at people and things are changing because of it, which is, in my opinion, a very bad precedent to set. <laughs> very true. Let's talk some anime, Ryan. Yeah. Woo. Bandai Namco announces Play Anime. I'm going to lean back a little bit and look my phone. <laughs> Bandai Namco is the latest publisher to announce its own digital showcase titled Play Anime Live. This live stream will feature news and trailers of publishers uh, of the publisher's upcoming lineup. Given the name of this event, it is safe to assume we will see a lot of licensed titles and we may also see another glimpse of PlayStation 5 Scarlet Nexus. Steam, uh, the stream will kick off Wednesday 22nd of July, so that'll be the Thursday the 23rd for us Aussies. Okay. Of course, you're keen. It's animes. <laughs> so, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you in. I'll indulge you for a little while because you indulge me with a whole bunch of my inane garbage. So, 
what do you hope? What would you hope to see from here? So I would imagine, uh, like like I've, I've put in, I'm a, I would imagine it would be a lot of the licensed games. Yeah. So like, what is there that's not being announced? Like, so like, because uh, Persona has anime, but that's also Atlas. That's not Bandai. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what else Bandai is doing. I think like, Bandai do like the Naruto fighting games. Yeah, they I do. I think yeah. they do the One Piece games from memory yeah obviously Scarlet Nexus will be uh, a Dragon Ball Z's or a new Dragon Ball Z game coming out possibly yeah I don't know well, we, we already had like what uh, Kakarot earlier this year yeah so, so there might be there might you know DLC. they might be announcing story DLC maybe they'll take on the super saga what's who the knows <laughs> there was a season pass so it's very likely there might be more more down there mm. but like because in terms of uh, uh, unless it's one of the big animes because I'm just going by PR uh, PR blast we get now in the emails. Um, nine times out of ten, they're being handled by like Koei Tecmo and stuff. Yeah. So like they like you know like Fairy Tale yeah. and sort of you know uh, those side smaller ones. I think mm. even Attack on Titan went through Koei. Um, so I guess it's only the big guys, which would be yeah your, your Naruto's and my hero, I guess. Yeah. I and other. See, look look at me sounding like I know what animes are. <laughs> So yeah, it should. I mean, it should be good. Mm. Um, obviously, uh, getting another look at the uh, at Scarlet Nexus, which Sony showed off in their state of state of play for the the PlayStation mm. Five reveal. So that no, no, was it a square? Was it? Was I it thought square? Nexus was square. That's because everyone. That, that's why. Every, oh, no, no, no. Square did that other one that that didn't have the the yep. the um the Project Alita or whatever that's it was. the one yes my apologies my apologies you are correct I'm like hang on did I write this wrong no I just screwed no. up because remember one of the projects <laughs> everyone's like you did Final Fantasy and then I'm like but Final Fantasy isn't in Bandai yeah it's not square uh, continuing on with uh, other publishers doing their own thing Devolver Digital is going direct oh yeah this is yeah, mm. so in a press release the publisher teases quote the new game reveals gameplay reveals release date announcements and special guests from the industry with a focus on gameplay because that's what the youths of today demand <laughs> the live pre-recording recorded presentation will air on Twitch on the 11th of July god I love Devolver man like, Devolver so good their yearly conference they is have like by pretty zany conferences and stuff don't they fucking yeah. thing I love like Asha the, that woman just got a nosebleed midway through and <laughs> it, was all, it was all scripted of course and it was just beautiful so they're going the route of pre-recorded presentations they've done that the last couple of times much it allows me to get real dumb yep so they're just you know they're just sticking it online now so everyone can watch along and Devolver like have a good range of like so independent games too so like, there's some really good there's always some, a good standout in there there's one that'll capture your attention mm-hmm. and uh, super keen Super, super keen. Next up, we have Ubisoft Forward. Oh, yeah. Mm. So oh, is this based on... Uh, joining okay. many other devs and publishers, yeah. Ubisoft are hosting a digital event. Livestream oh. kicks off at 5 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, the 12th of July. I actually think it's going to be Monday, the 13th of July at 5 a.m. Uh, to watch the live stream, check out Ubisoft's Twitch or YouTube channels. Ubisoft hasn't announced a running time for the event. They did release a teaser trailer to go along with this announcement. Um, games showing were Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs Legion, and Hyperscape. Hyperscape being their newly announced Battle yeah, Royale game. Uh, it's in closed beta currently on PC. If you want to check it out, it is coming to PS4 and PS5 later this, 
I think later this year. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong though. Uh, other likely mentions could be or could include Far Cry Six, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and of course Skull and Bones. So the big thing here is I I, I got sent a lovely image this morning uh, from good friend Dash uh, in regards PG? to Far. Oh, totally. <laughs> in terms of Far Cry Six, because for the longest time, you know, Dash has this thing where he calls me Ryan Ubisoft Betson. Yep. Because I I've had my love for the Ghost Recon, not Breakpoint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my love for Far Cry, uh, you know, and I, I nine times out of ten, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm reasonably enjoying Ubisoft mm-hmm. titles. And then he knows that I love Breaking Bad. Oh, well, I've, I've got well. that in here. Oh, is that the next bit? Oh, well, then I'll, yeah. I'll back up for a set and let you do that part. Uh, Far Cry 6 has been heavily rumored ever since Bloomberg's Jason Schreier let it slip a while back. And now it looks like Breaking Bad and the Mandalorian actor Giancarlo Esposito. Tim. Will play the main villain role. Can't seem, but that's Gustavo Fring right there. The story started to hit up a few days ago when Esposito said he had been working on a huge video game. Sourced from an interview with Collider, quote, This video game I did, which is going to be huge, I can't really mention anything more. Adding more fuel is Game Reactor UK, who, who in a deleted article stated that the actor in question will indeed star in a Far Cry 6 game. Not even mad, because I'm just going to put it out there, right? So for anyone that is a fan of Breaking Bad, they're, they're therefore you may be a fan of Better Call Saul. The gentleman whose name I can't remember in Far Cry 3 played Vass. He plays Nacho in uh, Better Call Saul. So like, he's obviously a good enough actor to make his way into Vince Gilligan's shit, so... Hell yeah. And Gustavo Fring is exceptional in like as a character in Breaking Bad. Therefore, like, um, th- th- it was es- Esposito, but whatever his name yep. is. He is phenomenal. Mm. Uh, and the idea of having him in a Far Cry game, yeah, you can call me Ryan Ubisoft Breaking Bad bets and all you want <laughs> because I'm going to be rock hard for that game. If he is in it and it is, ha- oh man, woo! Get me. All the moist. Well, you don't have long to find out. It is uh, their their live recording is uh, a next week, week away next weekend. Mm-hmm. I want it. We'll play it so bad. I think he'll because like if they if they get him to go down the route of Fring, to be that like straight menacing sort of character, then that would be awesome. We've also seen him do other great things as well. So a bit more exuberant in his character. Um, but yeah. Get Brian Cranston in there too. He's fuck it, let's get make Breaking Bad the game. Ubisoft created it. Is it done? <laughs> Moving on to things that aren't happening anymore. Oh, okay. Or were can- did, did we talk last week about what happened? What's happening in Ubisoft with, with Valhalla? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, yeah the okay, creative cool. director That's leaving right. because of yeah, yeah. I covered it. We did. And similar story is coming up next. Uh, Evo twenty twenty has been recancelled. <laughs> So EVO 2020 was cancelled. Uh, for those not quite aware, EVO is a big fighting game convention. Yep. Uh, so EVO 2020 Audible was cancelled earlier this year due to the pandemic, but a series of online events were set to replace it. These events have now been cancelled. Uh, Joey Sweller. Sure. My apologies if that's incorrect. Commonly known as Mr. Wizard has been accused of sexual misconduct. Yeah, no sorries anymore. He was the CEO, CEO of EVO, but has now been removed from the organization in every way possible over the last 24 hours before evo made an official statement to the public fighting game developers and publishers withdrew their support from the event capcom bandai namco netherrealm studios and more all released statements confirming their immediate removal from the evo scene a number of commentators streamers and competitors have also withdrawn their support uh the statement that evo uh um the evo company 
uh, released to the public was, quote, over the past 24 hours in response to serious allegations recently made public on Twitter, we have made the first of a series of, of important decisions regarding the future of our company. Effective immediately, Joey Swallow will no longer be involved with Evo in any capacity. We are currently working towards his complete separation from the company and have relieved him of all responsibilities and duties. Going forward, Tony Cannon will act as CEO. In this position, he will take a leadership role in prioritizing greater accountability across Evo, both internally and at all our events. Progress doesn't happen overnight or without the bravery of those who speak up against misconduct and injustice. We are shocked and saddened by these events, but we are listening to the and committed to making every change that will be necessary in making Evo a better model for the stronger, safer culture we all seek. As a result, we will be cancelling Evo online and will work to issue refunds for all players who chose to purchase a badge. We will donate the equivalent of the proceeds as promised to Project Hope. Shit's fucked, man. Yeah. Like, it's so... Like, it is good that all this stuff's coming out of the woodwork, but it's just, like... It shouldn't have happened to begin with. To yeah, come it's out so of the horrid, man. Like, it's just horrible everywhere. Like I said, wrestling's horrible. Gaming's horrible. Like, fuck. Everything's, everything I love is just horrid. It's like, why like, Why has any of this been allowed to happen? Mm. Makes me so mad. Yeah. Like, I just... There are, like I said, I this last week, there are moments where... I, I just kind of want to throw my hands in the air and just fucking give up. Yeah. It, I, mean, I mean that as in just we're surrounded by horrible shit all the time, like in all forms of entertainment. And it's just like, you know, with movies and thankfully, you know, as you know, some of my recent like, you know, uh, Harvey, all the, the people that were against Harvey Weinstein, they've all won. They've all got some dollary dudes. There's no way near enough because you know, that guy's a fucking monster. And so, like, you know, you see within like movies and games and TV and wrestling and sports and everything is just horrible people being horrible and it actually makes like i'm not even uh, involved in terms of 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 a victim or someone that has spoken out and and i'm like this is fucked shut it all down yeah you know what i mean i it's it's unbearable how disgusting this is becoming everywhere everywhere Mm. i know that's really like sad way to look at it but it's fuck man Mm. Makes it very difficult to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. It does. It does. Anyway, we will press on. Try to be happy about it, I guess. Let's talk PlayStation Indies, or what I'm now referring to them as Pindies. <laughs> <laughs> Sony has formally announced the PlayStation Indies. Shuhei Yoshida has been working towards this since he left his previous position as president of Worldwide Studios. Yoshida says the aim with PlayStation Indies is to spotlight and support the best of the best indie games being published on PlayStation and the entire indie community as a whole. He hopes for the platform to become the best place to develop, find, and play great indie games. As part of PlayStation Indies, one new indie game will make its way onto PlayStation Now each month, and it begins with Hello Neighbor coming to the service this month. I love this because one of the big things that made the PS4 kick ass at the start of a genera- at start generation was its support of indie games. Mm. Um, and uh, there, were, you know, play- there was a window of time when PlayStation were like, indies, yeah, fuck yeah, woo. Um, and then that kind of died out a little bit, which was a bit, bit of a bummer. But indies are a, a good building block to what is, you know, you got your big 10 poles, like your big releases, and then you've got, you know, you, more and more, and then everything gets sort of, it, it's building a bigger frame, right? Mm. And like PlayStation were, there's this great initiative. I can't remember what it was called. 
um, I remember interviewing a bunch of people at PAX Australia around around it, where essentially they are uh, providing dev kits to universities. Oh yeah, and it's like this little initiative that the PlayStation have. They're like, here you go, just you know, make some cool games. You know, go ahead and you got our support. Um, it's very, it was a great idea. And additionally, speaking of PAX, uh, Shuhei you shared it on Twitter this week. Reached yeah, out I saw that. And was like, hey guys, I'd love to come to PAX. How can you PAX make it Australia. happen? PAX Australia. Mm. Yeah, what can we, what, how can we make it happen? And we need to make that happen, everyone. <laughs> so do what you do. Use the internet for good. And uh, let's get Shuhei Yoshida here for PAX 2021. Let's do mm. it. Let's get the shoe man. But yeah, indies are good. Because you, you probably play I more indies, indies than I do. The indies are the best. Yeah, I always praise indies, but then I like I never there's, play There's them. always these like secret hidden darling indies that no one ever gets on, and they so much deserve to be looked at. Mm. So it's it's good that the big the big guys are like look at them. Yeah, like it's important. Well, yeah, especially when when you've got like Microsoft with Games Pass, which is kind of this great little side thing to sort of help indies get a platform. Mm. You know, PlayStation there to have to step back up again and get yep. it and start supporting independent games. Mm. Last bit of Expo news. Oh yeah, Dreamscom. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> Dreamscom is taking place right now within Dreams. It's providing hundreds of creators with a space to share their vision with the wider audience. Shared across forty-two rooms are more than three hundred exhibits, each one with a booth customized by each participant. Many stalls linked to playable creations. However, there is no rush to check this out as the show doesn't seem to have an end date at this time. But how rad is that? You get to make your own booth. You walk around the space. Uh, if it continues running for the rest of this month, uh, Dreams is getting its big update called Inside the Box on, on the 22nd of this month, which brings PlayStation VR capability. Yeah. You can put your VR headset on and go to DreamsCon. Woo! Woo! Yeah, what do you reckon? I love it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's cool. such a cool idea, it's man. Cool it's idea. like it's it's taking like the sort of true innovation that they've been pushing, mm. what they want to get out of it. So it's 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 awesome. Mm. And VR sports going to be cool because I'd be able to cr- th- create things in three D space. Yeah. So the update is called Inside the Box and will bring compatibility with PSVR to Dreams. Uh, in addition to this functionality, a Media Molecule is adding a new tutorials, how tos, and kits to get you started when building in VR, and an onboarding introduction called All Aboard VR will help you get familiar with the Dreams VR controls and what it'll be like traversing the Dreamverse, whether you're a player or a creator or both. We need to return to Dreams. I will be returning to Dreams when VR hits it. Yeah. So I, uh, we a, a good while ago, we did a big live stream where Max and I for like three or four hours, whatever it was, it was a good hunk of time. We just ran through... We just dream surfed. We had people come in that were dreams creators, and I was like, "Hey, check this one out! Check this one out! This is one you should check out." It was awesome. It was a great mm. thing. My son still watches it because he loves the spooky thing we did. Mm. He, he thinks it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, so for like, for you and I, it's like we should do it again. It's the it's see where dreams has come. So it's been a long while since I've dove in. Have you dove in since that stream? About two weeks ago. Yeah, I check I check stuff out every once in a while. I've still got it installed. I go in and, and look at the there's a I think um, Push Square do a lovely uh, weekly. These are the five dreams that you should check out. Yeah, I go in and have a look at those. Cool, because well, I'd love to see where they're at now compared to where they were. I think we've, there's been a good amount of time now that you know all that cream should be rising to the top. Mm. We should be seeing the best that Dreams has to offer. Yes, 
Before we hit the quick bits, yes, we've, intru- we've reintroduced the top ten. We've games. brought it back, ladies brought and gentlemen. Back. Two weeks in a row, PlayStation Australia uh, have collated once again uh, the top ten best-selling games in Australia. This is for the week ending of the 26th of June, 2020. Uh, I'll read this one out for funsies. Number one is The Last of Us Part 2, to no surprise. Number two, SpongeBob. Oh, I should probably talk about that too. Uh, SpongeBob, The Battle for Bikini Bottoms at number two. Last of Us Part, uh, part One, Remastered. Number three, GTA 5 at number four. It's gone up a spot. Uh, number five is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number six, NBA 2K20. Probably because it's free. Number seven, FIFA 20. Number eight, Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition. Number nine, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, insane trilogy and number 10 need for speed heat nice no no my big surprise there was spongebob at number two yeah so actually which is which is good good you know, good for them. Before we wrap up the quick, let's jump at it now. So, big thank you to uh, Kosh Media, and we've recently just got in contact with them. We started working together. Kosh, Coke, I don't know any how to exactly pronounce it. Probably should ask him. Uh, they provided a code for us to play SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottoms. I asked you, you went no. So I've been playing it. <laughs> what? It wasn't, no, it was, I don't really have time and <laughs> you'll play it with your kids. So you guys knock it out of the park. Yeah. So I'll leave this in your capable hands. Yeah. So Battle for Bikini Bottoms Rehydrated is a ground up remake of the PS2 of the of name of the a game of the same name, uh, where you, a bunch of robots are unleashed onto Bikini Bottom at the hands of Plankton. Uh, and you as SpongeBob and Patrick and Sandy work together to remove the robots and you know, bring back bikini bottoms. Uh, I've put a good bit of time into it. Not a lot. I say that because it feels like longer because I've been playing it with my kid. Yep. So he has been having an absolute blast with it, which is exactly what I wanted from this game. So, you know, uh, I, I never played the game originally back in the day, so I don't have that nostalgia, that attachment to it. So I was like, look, my son's loving SpongeBob right now. He's watching the movies, watching the series. You know, he's a three and a half year old. He's having a great time. He's he's having the best. So like for him, he just stays in the first area, which has like Patrick's house, Squidward's house and uh, SpongeBob's house. And he just goes in and out of the houses, talks to the people, runs around, punches the tiki masks and stuff and just, as a blast mm. and then we found there's a secondary area that I sort of went into when he wasn't when he wasn't there and he's like oh a new area he was playing it and he just worked out if you jumped off the edge into the water or the goo um, he'd, you'd die and you'd come back because the game is because it is essentially a child's game it's really forgiving there is no game over you just have your four underpants of health and then if you lose them you just go back to a checkpoint there's no like bram 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 yeah yeah which is really really nice so for him i could literally leave him for here for an hour which i have done in the past just because i'm a horrible parent but just to like let him go and he just plays and endless and loves it that's good saying that though he's successfully broken the game four times (laughs) um he's fallen through the map twice obviously there's a finite number of times you can jump off the edge before you fall forever Yep. I go, Dad! And I come in, he's just falling endlessly. Uh, he got the camera stuck inside SpongeBob at some point. Interesting. I don't know how he does it. Like, I think that this, the answer is here. QA teams, you need to get- <laughs> Higher kids. Uh, higher children. I know it's totally illegal, but get children because they will break the games in a way you didn't anticipate. Because mm. they'll just repeat a task or they'll get stuck in somewhere. And next thing you know, like, uh, like he got stuck between two boxes. I don't know how he did it. Is actually genuinely impressive. But 
from a review standpoint, like, the game is visually amazing. Yeah. Like, it's actually really, really lovely. Like, when I think about games that have tried to make cartoons into three-dimensional space, I think of the likes of the Futurama game. Mm-hmm. I think the likes of the Family Family Guy game on PS2. And I'm like, you look shit. Or even like, I guess because they're PS2 games, but even then like the, you know, the uh, Simpsons games as well. There's something about that transition from 2D to 3D, like especially with those ones that it looks actually really jarring and kind of gross. And I guess the same can be said for many anime style mm-hmm. games. They don't really land. Like the cell shading, I guess, in the anime ones doesn't really land. But here, I don't know how they've done it, but it looks, I look at it, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is SpongeBob. Like, I, I'm never caught in that weird middle ground of, oh, you're normally not 3D. And, but, like, it, you know, it looks lovely. The lighting is fantastic. There's even HDR in it. I don't know whether it's running at 4K, but it could be because it's sharp, it's crisp, it's pretty. And, like, the, the animations are really quite smooth. And, like, I've not had any sort of major hiccups aside from my son breaking the game. Um, the gameplay itself is pretty straightforward and, pre- you know, pretty simple because it is a PS2 game and it is a child's platformer. So it's, you know, your three basic attacks and you, it's you from getting A to B and collecting a golden spatula. So it's like you need X, X amount of spatulas to go to here, then you need Y to go there and so on and so on. So it's a pretty much a big collect-a-thon. And it's, I've had no real difficulty spikes yet. Just like, all right, moving on through, playing it. Duh, 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 duh. And like, I'm not hating it, but I'm also not like loving it either. Like, what was it? So last night I was playing it and I was watching AEW's Fighter Fest while playing SpongeBob. So I had headphones on, watching wrestling, and I was just like hitting things and jumping. It was awesome. Yeah. So it's a great like game like that. I, I've really had a great time. I've done a couple of boss fights, and like they were slight variants of the things you've learned in that early stages. So, like, my, obviously, my son's way too young. He would never be able to do, like, a boss fight or anything. For him, that would just be, like, way too much mm. in terms of difficulty. But, like, it is that... There is that... So, there is that good scalable difficulty as well. But, you know, as seasoned vets like us... Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I think the big point of this game is for those that played it on PS2, loved it, you know, like they have that nostalgia for it. Because I, I have seen it be reviewed very low, which is always... Fa- which has fascinated me. Because as far as I'm aware, it is a almost perfect remake of the mm. original. Like the gameplay hasn't changed. It's just, it's, it's just prettier and better and runs runs mm. better. And then like, mm, yeah, it's five. <laughs> I'm like, but but how? This is what you. This is what was wanted, right? Mm. You know, at least like this. I mean, like, the, this I is mean, not Mafia Two, where it's a remake that looks worse and runs worse. Well, I mean, I guess it depends. Like, was it originally rated a five when it came out on PS Two, and then they've remastered it perfectly, so it's just kept that score? Very possibly. I have to have a look at. I have to look at. That. I didn't go that far back, but you know, it is a, it is a hundred percent a cult classic, and it does exist because the fans, the masses. Well, I mean, having watched your scr- having watched you stream it, um, it looked great. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it it is like it is simple and like because that's what it was. Yeah, it isn't supposed to be a complicated. It, it, it is complicated. It isn't the Last of Us. You know, it is it isn't the God of War. It is a child's platformer, and for what it is, it fucking smashes it. Oh, that's good. Glad you glad you and your kid had had fun with it. Yeah, so like so, I'll, I'll do my very best to, to at least get credits on it. I'm not going to 100 percent it because that's exhausting, but. It will, it will remain on my PlayStation because my kid will want to play it constantly. And what's so great about it, is like for, for, is that for me specifically, is as he ages, he will get better at this game 
because right now he is learning platforming, simple platforming, jumping and attacking. And like he, he is progressing, like mm. compared to where he was X amount of time ago when he played like Unchi- Untitled Goose Game and, and Paw Patrol. So they, there's no jumping, it's just moving around a track. Where here, he's now learning jumping and knowing how to dodge an attack and to attack. So this game will see some time with us because yeah. he'll play it and then he'll come back in six months or whatever and then he'll be better at it again and, and then probably within a year or so he'll be smashing the game and he'll probably get credits on it. You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm using it as a great uh, a great little growth game for him. So Reverend Puck in the chat has also added Metacritic's review of the original game for GameCube PS2 and PC was a 71. So it was a fine game then. Mm. So I don't know how it could be worse. Yeah, that seems a bit rough. Yeah, it's a bit rough. Mm. Um, I think the game's great. In terms of, once again, it's, it's one of those things about parameters. You look at it for what it is and how it works, and you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, if you're like, hey, did you, like, you know, compare 2018's God of Water to, uh, well, I, you know, well, actually, example, I ju- I'd finished, just finished The Last of Us Part 2, and then I went to SpongeBob. Completely different games. Like, well, it's not quite as good as Last of Us. Well, of course, it's not good as Last of Us. That game's amazing. But this game, for for what it is and the the, the the frame that you need to look at it, the game rocks. That's good to hear. Lastly, let's oh, yeah, hit quick some bit. quick bits. Worms is changing up its style. Yeah, it's Battle Royale now too. Worms Rumble swaps from turn-based to a Battle Royale coming to PS4 and PS5. I'm so keen. Gross. 32-player Worm Battle Royale. Dig it. Snoop Dogg to star in Madden NFL 21's Rags to Riches campaign. <laughs> Sweet. Last of Us 2 outsells the entire UK top 10 list combined in June. Damn. Mm. That's how good Last of Us 2 is. But no, no, but no one wants to play it. It's horrible. (laughs) You know, there's leaks and no one wants to buy the game. Horizon Zero Dawn to to release on PC and on Steam and Epic Game Store August 7th. The Steam listing price currently sits at $69.99 AU. Yes, this was announced overnight at time of recording. How do you feel about it being a $70 game when it's $20 on PlayStation? Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) But that's like, I have no issue with that personally because that's sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they've made all the money they can of it from it on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. They really can. So, like, moving to PC, it's tapping a whole different market of people that have wanted to play it. Yeah. And the game has... I think the game has enough enough, enough prestige and legacy to be like, yeah, I'll justify that price. Because this week, Death Stranding comes out yes. on PC as well. Uh, we did also do a quick check of... Uh, uh, of the PC of the PC specs. Turns out I can't even run it at recommended on my PC. So That's interesting. The Reverend playing on the Rev- PC. I play on the PS4 still. Reverend Park puts in chat it's fifty dollars in America. I bought the game at launch and DLC. I'll buy it again on Steam. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I well, mentioned it. It is um, the complete edition of Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn, so it will come with So yeah, you just bought it on I PS4. I just bought it for thirteen dollars. And you're gonna buy it on PC? Probably not. Oh, okay. Thought you were. No, I'm gonna get Death Stranding again. Yeah. Though. <laughs> yeah. If I had a, because that game would look amazing. Do I want? Do I want a mod Death Stranding? Yes, I do. Like if, if I had a better graphics card, which is the one thing that's hurting me right now, I'd probably buy it. Mm. Uh, and last of all, A Plague Tale: Innocence has sold more than one million copies worldwide. I own that game. I haven't played it because I have a crippling fear of mice. It is so good I know I hate mice I hate rats so good incredible game and the idea of like you know a big swarm of those fuckers no thank you 
Thank you very much, Tom. Double checking, make sure I hit everything. We hit all the beats. Then we hit all the beats. We hit all the beats. That's it for the news. Let's have a chat. Let's suit up and have a chat. Iron <laughs> <laughs> <Hello>, Man. <laughs> so we are now going to talk about Iron Man VR. So once again, big thank you to PlayStation Australia for providing us the code for Iron Man VR. Uh, it is the. It's from Camouflage camouflage but it's spelled funny uh and the the basic premise of it is you are tony stark you are iron man uh you have uh, haunted by the past of when you were a weapons distributor uh, you know a, a a new villain that's being given the name ghost is wanting you to uh have repercussions for uh your actions of the past in vr mm. what do you think where are you at max uh, so <clears throat> I first played this when they released the demo, what, about a month ago now? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the demo was primarily just the initial tutorial level. Uh, so when I started replaying it, I played it last night and I was doing the tutorial level. So the tutorial level is basically, it uh, teaches you how to use your thrusters, how to shoot. It's like, you can fly with one hand and shoot with the other, but you know, it's a little bit harder and, they make you do like a shooting course it teaches you how to turn movement all that stuff and then it's like all right now we're going to do flying we're going to teach you how to fly so you you do your flying and it's like all right we're going to put everything all together at once you're going to fly you're going to shoot you're going to turn you're going to dip dive dodge shoot dip duck dive dodge anyway it gives you a timer at the end of this level and I apparently sucked because I got two and a half minutes. Oh, I got more than two and a half. Minutes. And then it comes up with this, with a, with, with like a, like a, a record time of twenty three seconds. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do this again. I'm gonna do this faster. And I nearly throw up. <laughs> it's the first, it's the first VR game that's made me super sick. And I don't know what's causing it because mm. I turned off the the. It, it has two types of camera movement. It's got the, the 90 degrees push a button and you just shift 90 snap. degrees, the snap 90 degrees, or it's got smooth movement, which doesn't feel very smooth to me because you can move your head at the same time and it gives you this horrible sense of, I don't know what it is, just this weird motion sickness got to me. Mm. And after about an hour and a half of playing, I had to stop because I was losing my legs, essentially. Interesting. Controlled pretty well from what I was playing. Uh, the movement was pretty intuitive. You know, you hold your hand backwards like Iron Man does to shoot yourself up in the air. I was thinking to myself the whole time, I really wish I had one of those rigs where I could like lie down and it would like spin me around as I was flying. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're I just, vomit I just, I just want to be Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. Um, graphically wise, it's not the prettiest thing. Obviously, I, I wear glasses when I play VR as well, so I get I get this horrible screen door effect that's uh, magnified by my glasses because I'm basically blind in one eye. <laughs> um, but, you know, it you live out all the dreams of being Iron Man. You get that cool HUD, you, you know. It's it's fine. Yeah, look, I agree with you pretty much on all those points. Uh, I yeah, I really enjoy like the control system for it is really intuitive because it it does. Uh, I, there is a let's play up on the channel uh, that I posted. Uh, you can sort of see my first, well, my second run at it because I tried a little bit before mm. the before the strip before I recorded the let's play just to make sure I was kind of across the board with it. 
yeah, having the you know having to use the move controls backwards and just sort of like you know yeah, you use like the propulsion. If, if your hands are down the side, you go up. If they're in front of you, you go backwards. But like yeah, the, the, there's also enough for using the accelerometers in the move control. There's there's enough finesse that you can like slightly pivot and you can like you know duck and weave. So I myself I use the smooth movement because even though I get pretty brutal motion sickness. The smooth is better yep. because it's closer to realistic movement. Now, in terms of the turn, so I had to move on fast, smooth, right? So I would, what I would do in order to remove my sickness is as I would turn, I would look, I'd look at where I want to go and then I would turn into it and straighten my head out. Yeah. So rather than me going and then wanting to chunder, I'm, I'm, I'm moving in like a two-step fluid motion. Well, see, I think my issue was I was, I was looking to where I wanted to go as I was moving it snapping it towards me so the world was shif- shifting to the left as i was turning to the right to look at it faster. oh there's your problem and i'm just like <laughs> <laughs> so like i i myself only almost vomed the once and that was when i was like ha and i came into the tennis court to land and i was like oh no like and i went <laughs> way too fast went, sudden stop it and like yeah so like i do get i do get that like upset feeling as i'm flying around but once depending on what i'm doing so when i there there's the two like you get a little tutorial mode so you have the initial tutorial mode and then when you start unlocking more things for your suit you get to do the little the tour practice tutorial outside you know iron uh, uh tony stark's malibu mansion there i get most sick Mm. I feel most sick because I am focusing on doing something. Yeah, I say that as in like I'm trying to do a course. I'm trying to be quick. I'm trying to be fast. But when I've been in missions, because I'm distracted or I'm focused on an enemy or something happening, I'm finding myself get less sick. So in the first mission, which is the uh, the the Tony the Stark the Air Stark one or the how they mm. called it, like Tony's airplane gets blown out of the sky and you've got to like take all the enemies out save pepper and bounce because i was focusing on on the enemies and the plane i didn't feel ill if, if anything it felt fucking awesome mm. just sort of been like that because you're in the sky and i have a gnarly fear of heights as well like i have a pretty brutal fear of heights so here i'm facing my my fear of heights while also wanting up to chunder everywhere <laughs> so my legs are just jelly the whole time but it is a rush because like when you see the plan, you're like, all right, you know, you go in there and pull the landing gear down. I'm like, all right, and then like you know, I'm I'm almost like skiing luge. I'm like bending down, and I'm thrusting, and I'm like ducking and weaving as well. Yeah, I'm thrusting, <laughs> ducking and weaving, and coming in there and yanking it out and grabbing pepper and like scooting out of there and you know doing the whole like because as the plane's coming down, I'm coming around on the left hand side. And I'm like swooping my way, and I'm like as I said, watching it with my head and then turning it so so gently as it's like a smooth movement to come in there and do whatever I need to do and when you really start getting into like the inert like inertia is probably the wrong word but you know of, of the controls and you're like sort of like you're understanding the finesse yeah. and you're getting it you're like it, that some of that goes away and you do forget that what you're doing especially and you, and you do kind of forget the graphics because as you mentioned uh it, it isn't beautiful but there is yet to like i especially in psvr there's yet to be a completely stunning vr game yeah and the reason for that is a it's 1080p and it's as close to your face there's only so much they can do and like they they're obviously trying here they're trying to do a lot with the game because load times are asshole they are so bad yeah so bad like 
I mean, the second half is very quick, but the first 50% is garbage. Like showing, I was showing my wife the Let's Play video, right? And she goes, did, did, did it not capture the game? Because when you boot the game up and then you stare at a blank screen for about 45 seconds. Yeah, that was really jarring because obviously I, when I was playing it, my wife and kid were asleep at the time. I'm like, put my headset on. And then I'm like, did I, did I, did I not start the game? Like, this is a horrible black screen for like a good minute. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's on. <laughs> See, and, and that's the problem with it. Like, that, like, I understand there is a lot more required to run a VR game, right? Yeah. A lot of assets, a lot, you know, the different things, processing at X amount, of, because you need a good frames here, otherwise you're going to chunder even harder. There's a lot of processing that goes into a VR title. However, when you're strapped in VR, time is different time feels different a longer loading screen isn't a problem isn't as much of a problem in when i'm sitting here playing this on tv because i can just pull my phone out and you know kill a couple of seconds or whatever or look at my kid or do whatever in the house like there's there's somewhere else for me to shift my attention while the game loads but when you're stuck in darkness with headphones yeah, on, when you you're can't stuck see in, or hear anything yeah and like when you're in a terrifying. menu screen and you're standing there and you can there's two things you can read that about three sentences long and you read it and you go and then you see it's like 20% like fuck me all right what do I do now like you just like you you, it's quicker and you run out of things to to look for and you just it's it um yes when they when you first put it up too they uh, the the play area is super restrictive in this yeah. too that I found. So when you when you first put it up, it asks you to do an Iron Man T pose. Yeah. So and it measures measures your arm length, and it's like, all right, cool. You can't reach outside of that. That's the cutoff. And you'll look down, and there's this tiny little circle, and it's like, if you move out of this circle, you're done, ski. Like, I'm, I'm about as round see. as this circle, like, mate. You can't see me anymore. Sorry. Yeah. So it's it's this game. I've I've pl- I've tried to play it both seated and standard. It's almost impossible to play seated because of the way you have to hold the controllers. Well, yeah, you'd need to use a seat like this, which doesn't have arms on, it, yeah, or a stool or something. And and once you you need to play this standing and foot feet planted and not move. Yeah, and then yeah, you want to plant them feet because you're going to fall. Because like <laughs> when you start like zipping and ducking and you're trying to be Iron Man, like you might lose your balance. Like I did have a little bit of that. I'm like, Whoa, you know, trying to like do whatever I need it is do. it is also jarring when you fly into a wall and you just come to a sudden stop and you and kinda, it slows down and, you, and your you can't body, like collide with it your body kind of lurches forward a little bit as yeah you. but saying that though as a, to add to that that intuitive nature of it like when you come when you're flying and you're getting to a wall you as you know as you said you just push your arms forward and thrust and you rocket yourself back like you do have that level of control but you know as, as i said like there are some forgiving things that come with it in being a vr and that is its visual fidelity and just some of its you know there are some basic setup here because the game at its core is incredibly basic it's essentially just a rail shooter yeah it's it's an it's your own rail it's a open world rail shooter yeah like you're in the arena you can do whatever you want in this arena enemies will come at you in waves you shoot them you move on and then, like, and then you'll go to a, and then you'll go to a, a mission where you explore a location by just jumping to different points and fucking with things on tables. Then you go back to another level where you're flying around and shooting. And I understand that. What else could they really do? Like that's being Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like they, they can't tell this big story. We're, we're not going to shareholder meetings and yeah, it's like you know you go see the Avengers and you know and then you have Shwama or whatever it is. Like <laughs> there's only so much you can do. And but I think. 
once again, with VR, because there's the setup and because it so locks in your focus, because the game itself, I haven't finished it yet, neither of you. I haven't finished it. But I believe it's about eight hours. Yeah. Which sounds really cool. I'm going to see it through. That's a long time in VR, though. It is a super long time in VR. Especially if you, if you get a little bit of the upset tummies, you know what I mean? Like, I play for about an hour and then I'm like, no, I'm out. Although, in saying that, I have, I have spent long hours in VR before. Yeah, I haven't. But it's been like, for example... Um, like Beat Saber or Autica or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Games that I can kind of just chill out and play. Like, mm. obviously, Autica is fantastic because you can sit down and just shoot targets. Yeah, so the problem is, like, because I play in here, so I have to yeah. shift the table to the side because I could do it in the Leandra, but my kid's always there. You know, as much as I love him, he's like, Dad, what are you doing, Dad? Dad, oh, I'm going to be Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man, woo! And <laughs> running around my feet, so I'm actually kind of punching my shoulder today. <laughs> Well, I, I had to do the same thing. I kind of mounted my PlayStation camera on the wall. Mm. So I've got three screens in front of me and the camera's on the wall to the side. So I'm facing away from all my screens, looking directly at the camera. Yeah. And then it's still like, you're too low. Can't see the controllers. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> but, yeah. You know. Look, it, like you said, for it's one of those situations of like, for what it is, yeah, it's pretty sick because as the way I see uh, the way I see VR, VR is a way to experience games in different ways or to sort of put you into a game that you would in a, in a way you wouldn't experience a more a more enhanced immersive a more enhanced way. Like if this was a game not in VR, it would suck. It'd be so boring. It would not be worth any money. Yeah. But once you're in there and you're scooting around, flying around, and people pewing, like it feels more. It feels bigger. Yeah. So like, it's a tough sell for me because like, is it a game? That if you have VR, should you pick it up? I would probably say yeah, because I think it's a good showcase piece. Yeah. Al- alone, like, because I think we discussed in the past. Like, it's like, hey, I've just bought, I've just bought PSVR. What game should I buy? Mm. Like, well, you should buy Skyrim VR because. Imagine experience like if you want a big ass experience in VR, awesome. You want to get Blood and Truth. Blood and Truth is dope. Astrobot. You want to get Astrobot because Astrobot is awesome. Yeah, obviously, and Moss Beat Saber. And and Beat Saber. And I think it could be in that same line. Like, well, you want a truly awesome ass experience? It, get yeah, Iron it's, Man. It's interesting because like, like Iron Man. the best showcase games for VR are the ones that are simplistic in their nature. Mm. So Beat Saber is just you're listening to music. And you're slicing to the beat. And fun fact, you can uh, use the old pop culturist theme song in there. So um, <laughs> back in the day, we reached out to a uh, artist called Trist- Tristan uh, and using his song. Uh, and yeah, so we reached out to him and was like, hey, man, we-, we love your song. Can we use it for our podcast theme? He's like, sure, dude, don't worry at all. Um, it's called Till It's Over. And yeah, and then sure enough, I got a, a bunch of messages on, on Twitter like, hey, uh, from my friends of mine, like, Yes, your themes in Beat Saber. I'm like, get the fuck out. <laughs> sure enough, because he works through Monster Cat. So, yeah, would you put it on that list of games that you must buy to, to play in VR? I think I'm in the same category as you, as you. I don't know if I would classify it as a must buy, but it's definitely a good showcasing piece to mm. to to show people like new people to the to the tech. Yeah. Like if, like if if I've got friends coming over and they're like, oh man, you got VR, can I give it a bill? I'm like, yeah, cool. What I, I'll give them like uh, Iron Man. I probably would give them Iron Man. Probably give them like uh, the the Star Wars Battlefront VR experience is probably a really good one. Yeah, that one's a pretty dope. One a job simulator. You I mean like there's a bunch of handful yeah. of games that give very different experiences, mm. and there's not. 
there are other experiences similar to Iron Man, but I think the novelty of it being Iron Man might be enough to get it across the line. Yeah, because, you, you know, like I said earlier, you do get that, that nice Iron Man hard in your face constantly and you can, you know, just, yeah. You, the, the fun of flying around and, and blasting stuff is... Yeah, it's... It's, 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 it's fun, but I can see it probably getting old quick. Yeah, like, yeah, the idea of doing it for eight hours, I'm like, mm. But, like... Because when I think about it, when I think about another like superhero game like Spider-Man games in VR, they suck. They're not very good. They are horrid. And then you've got like Arkham VR, the Batman one. Like mm. that is awesome in terms of like you feel like Batman because you're doing detective investigating things, which is a, th- a part of Batman that everyone, all, con- all, pe- all creations tend to forget, right? He's the world's greatest detective. He isn't just punchy, right? it's <laughs> not just punchy so like that is cool I'm like that's great but then this is like that next step I would consider Iron Man VR the next step in what would the groundwork that was laid by like Arkham yep because you're like alright cool we get to do the cool like Bruce Wayne stuff and there's some Batman stuff but you're not swinging around Gotham you're not flying around Gotham you're doing just very grounded stuff where here it's like alright you've got the grounded stuff that, w- that was seen in like the likes of Arkham VR but guess what you can now propel yourself around the world and shoot things and blast things and be Iron Man. Mm. And, you know, the character pretty much sounds like Tony. It's like Robert Downey Jr. Like, they did even, like, try to not be anyone else. <laughs> like, that, that character is so ingrained. Yeah. yeah. Game's fine. But once again, I've not played... I, I, aside from this, I, the last time I played VR was... When we, you know, I streamed Autica and that was like the back end of last year. Yeah, I think that was the last game I played and I played that maybe three weeks ago. Yeah, it's like six months since I played VR. Because so I, like- I got an email saying, hey, you bought the uh, you bought the season pass. We have released another song pack. I'm like, oh, excellent. Oh, oh cool. Oh, that, means I'll, oh, that means I'll have more songs. <laughs> so I played it for a bit. Ooh. All right. I'm going to have to check that out. But anyways, let us know what you think of Iron Man VR. Is it a game that's going to sell you? Like if you haven't picked up a PSVR yet, will that get you across the line? If you do have one, are you going to grab it? What do you think? Let us know in those comments below. And once again, as we said, big thank you to PlayStation Australia providing us the code to let us be Iron Man. Unfortunately, everyone... There is no drop this week. Yeah, because there's like no games coming out. Like uh, <laughs> in terms of games of note. Same as same as last week. There yeah. was no drop, but there was a fair few games of note that would have come out. Yeah, so it's a very quiet week in terms of releases. Uh so in terms of PlayStation there's not a whole lot. It's a you know, Death Stranding comes to PC this week. Uh Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town comes out on Switch. Yeah. <laughs> we played that. Um look for look out for if you if you're interested, there will be a review coming on the channel this week. Um yeah, whatever. And there's a new update for Animal Crossing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to be playing this week. Most of, most of the big stuff is the week after. Which is what's after? What's the week after? Ghosts. <gasps> Ghost of Tsushima. That's true. Ghost of Tsushima is right around the corner, ladies right and gentlemen. Right around the corner. Now, I, I do know some people that are playing it right now. Um, <laughs> bastards. Uh, but hopefully, we get, to, we, get a, we get to get our hands on it soon as well. I know you are incredibly I'm so keen. keen. Um, so keen so looking forward to that but that's still a little bit away Mm. anyways that brings us to the end of the show yes this playstation podcast happens every monday morning at 8am on podcast services including spotify and 9am on those youtubes please check us out go to our socials facebook instagram twitter discord all the links 
in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures where you can watch us record this show live every Saturday. Sometimes Sunday. <laughs> Mostly Saturday. <laughs> uh, where you can jump in the chat and you can join us just like Dash did and just like Screamers who gave us a lovely follow and of course the Reverend Puck and a couple of other awesome, awesome people. If you want to support the show, you totally can. By going to your podcast service of choice, giving five-star rating, uh, written review, all that. Tell your friends, tell your family about this position pod. If, you've, if you're on YouTube and you've watched this far, holy crap, what's wrong with you? And then give us a, a thumbs up, subscribe, notification bell, and all that usual YouTube-y stuff. Uh, you can also support us financially at patreon.com slash thepopculturist, as well as our merchandise store, popculturist.com slash shop where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. But until next week, I'm Ryan Betts. I'm Max Cooper. And that was for the players. For the players, the Pop Culturist PlayStation Podcast is fan-supported at patreon.com slash thepopculturist. And we'd like to thank our Patreon producers and our Patreon founders for their kindness, their support, and their generosity. Our Patreon founders, Alpha Ferret, Craig O'Flaherty, David Chataway, Jesse Stevenson, and Jacob Garner. And our Patreon producers, AJ Abatomi, Damien Holdies, Kyle Dunn, Lee Winterchauvin, Nathan Massetti, Paul James, Pure Mongrel, and Sean Levitt.